Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Howdy, folks. Today, I have an inspiring conversation for you with Lily Elsner, who in December received the Young Person of the Year Award from SAMS. That's the Sales and Marketing Professionals in the Life Sciences Organization. Before that, I want to recognize the inspiring bravery of the people of Ukraine right now, who show us what it really means to value democracy and their freedoms. The rights we hold as inalienable are up until the point that they aren't. It's not a law of physics. It's a belief that demands constant attention. Now, let's jump into my conversation with Lily Elsner. Lily and I had a long conversation. It covered strategy, which is the topic of this episode, but we also went in depth on her background from high school to college and a number of jobs she had after that before she got to where she is now. I have separated those out. That'll be a bonus issue that appears right behind this episode. Um, so this one's about strategy, but if you're interested after listening to this to find out what Lily did to put her in the position to be head of strategy now, you'll want to listen to that episode as well. Here we go. All right. Lily Elsner is the head of strategy at Arcturus and the recent winner of the Young Person of the Year Award from SAMPS. That's the Sales and Marketing Professionals in the Sciences. Lily, Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's a funny name for an award, but apparently you're very good at being young. <laughs> That's what I've been telling anyone, <laughs> everyone who said so. Honestly, it's so funny. I'm like, I guess I'm the youngest. <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a young 28. <laughs> yeah. Well, David Weber tells me it was very competitive. Obviously, I think they just didn't want to narrow it down to sales or marketing, which all the other awards, individual awards were. Um, just anybody... <clears throat> probably under 30, I'm guessing, that is exceptional at their job. So, one, congratulations. All right, let's talk a little bit about strategy. I'm curious, like, um, you're head of strategy. I imagine you sit, this is what I would do. I'd sit down in December, Mm -hmm. like I'm currently doing. I'm taking a brand strategy sprint from Scott Galloway at Section 4 and write a document and hand it over on January 1 and see you next December. But it's not that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish. (laughs) So what is it it day to day? Like what kinds of things you do and who do you interact with? Sure, absolutely. So, and and that's the interesting thing about a title like head of strategy. It can it can basically mean anything, which is what we sort of decided when I came on board. Um, so, the way I would break it down for for myself and to describe what I actually do is that it's half internally facing and half externally faces facing. So, with regard to the internal part, um, I report directly to our CEO, Martin Bittner, and um, work very closely with our other co-founder, Tom Fleming, um, who's our COO. So what, and when I initially joined, we were a very small group, and now we've grown quite uh, substantially and are looking to grow even more next year. So I use a lot of the skills that I learned um, and honed as chief of staff. So it's a lot of thinking about, you know, we're starting a company, we're building out a company, how do we communicate? How do we um, make sure that everyone knows what they're doing? 
Um, and, and the other portion of that is, you know, huddling with Martin and Tom and saying, okay, do we know what we're doing? What are we doing? Um, and I think, so that's, that's one side of it is a sort of internal organizational maturity, um, bringing in all the skills from my MBA and from my past experience. And then on the other side, um, is, is this external bit, like making things happen. So that's where a lot of the experience with, um, more of the business development side, marketing come in because we're lucky enough to have some really amazing partners at Arcturus. Um, and those came about through a bit of serendipity of just sort of being in the ecosystem and, and the amazing thing to me about working in this in science and in the life sciences in particular especially on the side more closely aligned with healthcare is that people are genuinely motivated by what they are studying or what they're going after like there's there's no having to have a, a session and get everyone sort of thinking about why we're doing what we're doing like it's so ingrained in in what everyone's doing showing up every single day doing um, which I, I will admit I had I had missed um, in my in my banking uh, days because that <laughs> that is not necessarily the case, um, but but it is it's this sort of very truly highly committed um, series of folks thinking every single day like our our slogan at Arcturus um, we did a brand building workshop at the beginning of this year similar to what you're mentioning and it, we had these just fabulous discussions and came up with what we really commit are committed to is better data today better drugs tomorrow because every person shows up to work every single day hoping to be able to make 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 the whole drug discovery process so much shorter not in pursuit of profit but in getting the actual treatments to patients faster which i just think is remarkable um but getting back to what we were talking about with my role so a lot of what i do is simultaneously lay some of that groundwork so a lot of research looking at opportunities um bringing in the sort of classical strategy as academic strategy looking sort of laying out frameworks figuring out um, where opportunities could be. And then I also, because, you know, there, there are only so many people, I'm lucky enough that I just get to go out and do it. Um, I'm definitely a pretty intrinsically motivated person. So I really enjoy working in a startup, being able to say, okay, hey, everyone, we've discussed this. I'm going to go do it. Um, and so then going out there and trying to be able to build relationships. Um, most particularly, I work with the University of Oxford, given my sort of deep roots. Um, I was also locked down there. So a lot of really... <laughs> Really, really, I'm never really sure if I really love Oxford or whether I just have some Stockholm syndrome. Um, <laughs> but I, after all of that, um, I, I really do have an, an amazing network and neighborhood and community. And that's the other great thing about working there is that I'm able to sort of call on a, a variety of really amazing um, people who can challenge me in what I'm thinking. Obviously, of course, in a confidential way, but also the 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 opportunities are just massive given the the high concentration of biotechs and also these intrinsically motivated scientists who are in the area always keen to collaborate so um yeah that's that's basically what i do internal and external company building so uh something i didn't even think about you know when i think about strategy i think about the external thing like you know where are opportunities what do we need to do to compete and so on I didn't really think about the strategy of how do we assemble the right team, get the right people, communicate with them so everybody's on the same page. That is part of strategy. Um, 
And certainly your external strategy won't work without it, right? So Precisely. that's interesting. And then the other thing that stood out to me was just, you know, your um, your position where you say, I, you know, we talked about this and now I'm going to go do it. Best job I ever had. Second best job, maybe, because I was a sailing instructor for a little while. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, the best, otherwise, um, shout out to Michelle Vandenberg, my boss at Varian. Um, that was an awesome job because I, he was in France. I'm here in Walnut Creek. We would talk in the mornings because of the time difference. I'd call him up and, hey, I got this idea. And he'd say, yeah, go do it. Done. If you get a job Amazing. and a boss like that, I mean, I would have stayed there forever had you know, an acquisition not happened. But um, I'll just throw that out for everybody. Like, if you can find a job Absolutely. where, you know, you can come up with an idea, clear it with your boss, and then he just says, make it happen. It doesn't get any it's better amazing. than that. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So um, let's talk about strategy like What's going on in the world of drug discovery? Obviously, automation, a big deal. I'm trying to wrap my head around it as a molecular biologist because I know there's a lot more large molecule stuff going on, which I don't typically, I don't, well, I don't envision as as automated maybe as small molecule stuff, but I don't really know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Arcturus's sweet spot is small molecule. Um and that's what, I mean, there's just so much happening. And frankly, just day by day, there's more that we're hearing about, more that we're collaborating on and moving a million miles an hour for. And I think the the most interesting things that, I mean, for us, selfishly, we're extremely excited um, about our collaboration with IBM. So IBM Research in Switzerland has set up um, their Reaction for Chemistry uh program are you familiar with it no it's great so basically they're able to leverage artificial intelligence to create a molecule actually synthesize the molecule and then they're able to send it to us and using our ulysses platform um, which is fully automated captures all of the data about what is happening in the experiment um, we're able to do true closed closed loop drug discovery. So they send the molecules to us. We immediately are able to analyze them in real time. The data is available in spades, able to go feedback into the um, into the algorithm and be able to hone in on um, hit to lead and then progress. So they make a modification and they send the next molecule back. And precisely, precisely, precisely. And not have to wait. I mean, it's 24 um, seven availability on our platform immediately. Like as the experiment is going, all of that data is generated and put into our platform. Um, and so, and it's, it's big data, right? So it's able to go in and the, the nicest thing is I'm like, these these buzz, buzzwords are actually relevant and real, <laughs> which you know when I see it for myself, I'm like, ooh, glad glad I'm just the strategy gal. <laughs> but yeah, that is definitely what's going on. I mean, there one of our other partners is um, 
molecule and they're doing amazing things with NFTs and thinking about um, intellectual property um, and all of the different sort of ways to leverage the DAOs um, and sort of being able to decide how to take research forward. Um, and similarly with In Silico Medicine, one of our closest collaborators, they're doing an amazing amount of work um, leveraging AI for drug discovery. So yeah, I mean, it's an exciting space. I feel like whenever, if I ever take a week off, which isn't super common, um, I come back and the, the whole space is moved, you know, <laughs> even further than I can imagine. So um, yeah, a lot of great work going on. Yeah, so exciting. And like I said, we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff on the podcast this coming year. Um, Looking I'm forward to chase it. down all those little threads. Um, let's go back. You are a mentor now. Do you have any mentors yes. or people in the past that inspired you specifically? And what, you know, what did they do that sort of lit a lit a spark? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, so many. I've been so lucky in, in my life and having people give me their time and their sort of fabulous, um, I don't know, cheer cheerleading, I guess, is the best way to put it, even though it's not necessarily the most glamorous word. Um, yeah, the people that come to mind, I mean, often the most, the most important people are often your teachers. Um, and I had a truly amazing biology teacher back in high school, in early high school, um, named Mr. Nichols, um, and he just was an, he was a, a cow farmer who just loved the natural world and was one of the best like teachers I've ever had and made me truly love biology out of all of the different other subjects. Um, so yeah, I definitely think about him whenever I think about science in particular. Um, but then also all the way through through Wellesley, I have this amazing network of women all over the world who anything I need, um, their, their shared um, thread is that they are just these absolute powerhouses and, and it, whatever they put their mind to. So people who come to mind, actually one, one person very kindly is on our scientific advisory board at Arcturus, Beth Hoffman, um, who's had a really amazing career in her own right and was really helpful in even deciding to take the the job at Arcturus. So I'm very grateful to her. And then also within my, my Oxford community, I have a lot of, I'm really interested in leadership. Um, and my other, my other hobby is um, coaching rowing. So I actually coach one of the Oxford colleges um, in my spare time, which is always a great way to sort of get, get out of what I'm thinking about um, and go, you know, yell at some people, which is always great. But, <laughs> but also think about the really core, core pieces of leadership, of working together um, and that sort of wonderful example on a daily basis always helps me come back to work refreshed, um, even though I've just gotten up, you know, at 6am um, <laughs> to do this. But I have a really amazing mentor in Ed Brooks, who runs the Oxford Character Project, who also one of the big core things that I care about is, you know, we're, we're all pursuing science, we're all pursuing our mission, but enjoying what we do, um, and doing it together and doing it in a well thought out way that's best for everyone, every stakeholder. Um, is really critical to me. So he's really helped me even during the MBA as well as now think about how to not only lead, but be a good leader um, and think about all those, those core ethical questions. Yes. So We're coming back to that in a second because yeah. that was my last question. But um, sure. is Mr. Nichols still alive? Does he know what you're doing? 
I think he, I think, I'm not sure if he, he, I haven't caught up with him since COVID, but I, I don't know. And I need to reconnect. We with need him. to send him this episode. For sure. <laughs> It'll make his day, right? I mean. I hope so. Yes. Um, yeah. So funny. I mean, coming back to my daughter, Wellesley, which is not necessarily on her list, but her chemistry teacher is trying to um, recruit her for rowing. Oh, Even though excellent. she's not a rower now, she's a water polo player, but she's pretty big. <laughs> and the that chemistry teacher <laughs> is a good friend with her, uh, one of the math teachers who was the water polo coach. And she would show up at practice and go, hey, Ellie, guess what? <laughs> what sport you don't get beat up by other people? Rowing. Yes. Absolutely. You can <laughs> so just you beat yourself up. <laughs> Ideal. <laughs> yeah, Talk she about- definitely take a look. Um, the Just Business program you you developed in conjunction with the Character Project, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. More than more than happy to. Thank you. Yeah, that that harkens back to um, my my philosophy days at Wellesley. Um, one of the things that I've often thought about, and especially working in a really intense corporate environment like New York, um, I was really sort of pushed to my professional limits there, just one with like the amount of hours, the intensity, um, and realized through through a series of events that, uh, frankly, you can do anything if you're on a good team. Um, you can accomplish anything. You can get through the most challenging of times. Um, and that team dynamic is so critical if thinking about anything from retaining employees, retaining talent, all the way through like what those teams are actually doing. Um, and, and I saw some teams and was on some teams that were absolutely amazing and some that absolutely fell apart <laughs> and um, was so fascinated by the differences that we felt there. And especially with, um, you know, the global financial crisis happened when I was in sort of high school, early high school. And that was a really formative time for me in, in terms of thinking about, you know, I was starting to think about colleges and understanding how to sort of go through a huge event like that as both a child, but also someone thinking about that happening again and sort of planning your life, designing your life to be able to manage any risks that come up. And so I think that that combination of thinking about teams and performance and the sort of like how you affect the people around you as well as the big picture of what are we actually doing um, led me to think a lot about how to be a good not only leader but also business person if that's the route that you so choose and I was surprised to see when I was at Oxford that there we didn't really have anything to that effect in the curriculum um, there was a lot of we had a module called responsible business we have an amazing professor named Colin Mayer, who wrote a book um, on responsible businesses, done a huge amount of work on it. But it was one of these things that it was thinking about, you know, this huge idea in terms of your life and the the theoretical ways that you might be able to contend with some of these issues. And what I wanted was almost like a workshop, was to sort of very personally say in a sort of bespoke way, 
what have I contended with? What have I learned? Um, and especially when you're in business school, you're in this sort of amazing, like other place where you're not working, you're not in all of those experiences, but you are with a massive group of extremely diverse people. So in my class alone, we had six, I think we had 68 different nationalities. Um, so you have so many different experiences to be learning from of people that are kind of at your level, at this sort of like mid senior level a lot of people had to work really hard to get to where they were and there was so much to learn from each other about as well as to have this time to reflect on like did this go well did this go poorly what is well um which thankfully ed has you know done many different times with all sorts of people at many different levels and so after i met him and was thinking about it i realized that it was so especially with the pandemic we were able to to meet on zoom and leverage the breakout rooms and be able to have these absolutely fascinating conversations with people that we probably never would have spoken to otherwise um, and do things like read we basically came up with a curriculum of really important letters um, or works of, of philosophy as well as even just contemporary um, reflections we look read a lot of um, we read uh, sorry we read Martin Luther King's um, letter from Birmingham jail, um, thinking about all of these sort of really important ways to analyze your life and how you're doing what you're doing. And I think through that process, it was an amazing opportunity to really think about what we wanted to achieve in the world, not only professionally, but in terms of how we wanted to show up as leaders. Um, so yeah, that was the Just Business Program, an, an excellent opportunity to say just, because people usually, this all came from me complaining about whenever someone wants to absolve their guilt from doing something they probably knew wasn't right, they usually just say, say it, it's just business. Right. Um, but I wanted to bring the justice back into business. Nice. Well done. <laughs> Well, Lily Elsner, it's been just a huge pleasure talking to you. Um, my cheeks are sore from smiling so much, which people know is kind of the metric about how I evaluate podcast episodes. And this is definitely a winner. I'm, I know people are going to enjoy it, get a lot out of it. And it was a pleasure talking to you. And I hope we get to talk again because so many, like I said, threads to track down that I want to talk about AI, machine learning, all, and and you have pointed out like maybe the second blockchain example I know of in the life sciences being actually used with data. So yes, absolutely. Well, I'd I'd be very glad to come back because I have I have the same affliction. Too much <laughs> smiling. Um, right. Really, such a pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. I hope all that was as inspiring as promised. As a reminder, this was half of my conversation with Lily. We spoke at length about how she got to where she is now, including high school, college, law firm, banking, mergers and acquisitions. She's had a lot of different experiences that led to the position she's in now. And I think if you are a young person in this field, just out of college, for example, and looking for ways to uh, increase your knowledge in a bunch of areas to add value wherever you go, whether it's life sciences or not. This would be a great conversation to listen to. So look for that. It's the next episode up in the sequence. And I will be back in a couple weeks with another episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>